When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you this is the final word with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon at the end of the Border Gavaska Trophy Series here at the SCG. It was a drawn test match. Ended up being sodden on the final day. Not so much rain as it was mizzle. A bit of bad light on day four, which meant that India didn't get to win the series 3-1, Jeff. However, they did claim the trophy 2-1. The first time that India have won in Australia. 71 years they've been coming here since 1947, but today they lifted the trophy. What a proud moment. I don't think they minded too much, the 2 won the 3-1. Sure, it would have been nice, but in the end, you won a series. That's that's really all that matters. We'll, of course, be going into all of that in some detail today, um, but we're also going to look at what's going on in Australia more broadly. And before we get to that, we've got to talk about the live show that we've got coming up on the 17th of yes. January in Melbourne at the Commercial Club Hotel in Fitzroy. That's right. Claxon live show, live show, live show. We've been talking about this for a while now, but we've actually, thanks to Jay Mueller, our producer, decided to push on and go ahead and do this. So as you say, Jeff, the Commercial Club on Nicholson Street, Fitzroy, the 17th of January at 7pm. We will be saddling up and doing this live. Yeah. Um, so get Bill along. O'Reilly style. That's right. Jackets around the head. That's we'll right. We'll do it live. Uh, we're going to do it live. So uh, in order to get those tickets, Jeff, it's important people book because limited space available. We're, it's quite small, let's, let's be honest. It's, yeah. It's a, not, it, a, not a large venue. There'll be, there'll be a nice ambiance in there, but it won't be um, It won't be 400 people. It won't be a theatre. No. Um, it'll, it'll be more, intimate. More a It'll be intimate. Uh, it will. It'll be in the back of a pub, let's be honest. But yep. it'll be very good. Uh, I strongly urge you to come. And if you want to come, because because uh, of the fact that tickets are going to be hard to get a hold of, uh, Jeff, how do they do that? Do yeah, it now. Yeah, book them early. It, it's uh, at a shop site called Big Cartel. So it's thefinalword.bigcartel.com. Uh, or just look on either of our Twitter feeds and yep. you should be able to find the links to that and you can just book those on your credit card ahead of time. Uh, you can give it a go on the night, but it's probably safest to uh, to make sure you secure one. Yeah, I was going to say, don't do that. Definitely book them ahead of time because I, I'm, I'm certain that they, they're not going to be available on the night. So the final word, dot bigcartel.com. Book them now because we've already had a lot of people jump on and buy the tickets on the rate they're currently selling. They won't last long. So get on, buy them immediately. It's incredibly easy. Twenty bucks, um, which will uh, which will uh, which will get you on the door, and we'll resolve it um, with with a with a very sophisticated ticketing process where your name will be there, and we'll tick it off on the night. Oh, it's going to be so high tech! <laughs> it's going to be super high tech. I, I plan to print them on a piece of paper. Um, we might need a door person. We haven't wow. even thought that far ahead. Yes, we're, we're, so we'll have a whole extra person working in in, in the final uh, industry. We're an expanding, we're a growth industry. Yeah, we have brought other people into the tent periodically, but yes, I'm looking forward to uh, going through our paces live so that. 17th of January, uh, the final word live at the Commercial Club Hotel, Nicholson Street, Fitzroy, and as Jeff said before, the final word dot big, gut, big cartel. 
um.com to secure your position uh, and uh, and as always you can um, engage with Jeff and I on social media so Colin Zadam on Twitter for me Jeff Lemon Sport for Jeff if you want to talk to us between now and the live show and now we can uh, you can email us too that, that's another big development since the last time we spoke in Melbourne <laughs> is that I've remembered what the email address we is. remembered what the email address <laughs> which is finalwordcricket at gmail.com so we're, we're able to be uh, communicated with any feedback and so on and, and likewise on the iTunes page. The people have been reviewing fairly regularly, which we're really grateful for. We went up the charts nicely again last week, which is good. Steady stream of um, people downloading the podcast, leaving a review, leaving a rating, which means that more people can find us and access the show and we'll be better resourced and so on. So uh, so thanks for being part of that and keep doing so if you haven't already. And speaking of, we should probably have a show. Let's do it. India, Australia, uh, the rivalry, the, the the difficulty of Australia winning in India. They've only done it a handful of times, but uh, the bigger difficulty of India winning in Australia is something that's never happened. A few close calls, 2004, 2008, uh, you know, a few that... that they got a bit squeaky, but never actually got over the line. Which is why we've decided to rope into the final word today one of our colleagues from the press box from India, the touring media, uh, Bharat Sundarasan, who is here with CrickBuzz. You're, uh, Bharat, the, the new CrickBuzz Australian correspondent. You've, you've emigrated uh, to our fine country living in Adelaide. Well, welcome to the final word. Aussie, 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 I, 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 yeah, there please, you go. Please never do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's the one and only time you're granted to do that. Um, oh, crap, okay. Can I sing Come On, Aussie, Come On? Yes, yeah. you, okay. you, can sing, you can sing John Farnham. Um, yes, you're the voice. That's that's the only way you can display your loyalty. John Farnham, by the yeah. way, that song is not even originally Australian. That's my research. I've done my wow. research, boys. Ouch, that's... That. that gets you in the... I mean, on the citizenship test, which you'll have to answer at some point, I'm sure, the 20 questions probably include a question about that song, but not... Not, not, not debunking it. Not did trying we, to say it's someone oh, else's. Song. Did we steal it? Is that is that what happened? No. Yeah, it was a British protest song or something, and John Farnham like, did you Devastating. Revelation. This is the worst thing I've heard since I found out that Pavlova was from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. There well, you go. That's the most likely place we pinch you from. So, uh, Brett, it's a bit, bit of colour in a little bit around you before we ask you a few questions. You were the Indian Express's long-term cricket correspondent. You've been here before on the fourteen fifteen tour. You were the author of the Dhoni Touch, which came out last year, award-winning book. Um, you famously tracked down Patrick Patterson. We'll ask you about that in a moment for a, for a long-form piece that did the rounds a couple of years ago. Um, you've never worn trousers in the press box. Always very, very wears shorts, does Barat. You've got a very impressive head of hair. What and now you live in the city of churches. What if, what if you cover ice cricket one day? Will you wear trousers then? Nah, not really. Yeah. Oh, but I did like, kind of get tempted to wear trousers the other day at the MCG when they had that fancy luncheon. Uh-huh. That's right. With some fine wine. We weren't eligible to go. I, I had to uh, email the MCC's director of communications and said that I, I've stopped bringing formal clothes to, to around the world with me. So uh, it's jeans and, and shirt sleeves, and that's not good enough to get into the MCC committee room. And fair enough too. That was good enough for the SCG Trust. You're they, right. It was. They, they had us in regardless. They, they knew about us, yeah. Jeff. That Flex, was, that flexibility. Was, that was remarkable. Yeah. They, they'd heard about what we do on the final word, and, and good on them. I'm glad they're listening. Yeah, and they specifically said, uh, would you like to come to lunch? It's okay, you can wear jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, you arrived, yeah. Know, know your target market. Yeah. But, but, Barat, if we can be sincere for a moment, I know it's difficult for you. Mm-hmm. This, this is a huge, significant achievement for Indian cricket. It, it's, it's been so long, and they've been so close so many times. Yeah, it's massive. I mean, it's Australia. Like, it's okay. I mean, you're talking about a team which hasn't, like, put up a great show. Like, you don't talk about Australian teams like that, right? Like, I mean, you don't talk about an Australian team uh, not showing up on what, I think, I would say, 
12 out of the 20 days we got or 19 days we got so uh, fif- but 15 years from now even 3 years from now or if you're Ravi Shastri even today you're not going to talk about the uh, inexperience in the opposition or uh, the very obvious lack of quality in the batting lineup uh, that's all going to be forgotten very soon because it is a massive 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 moment for indian cricket because winning in australia was r l dorado i mean we won in england before not many times just a couple of times uh, we beat the mighty west indies in the 70s but uh, for like you know growing up in india australia always seemed like like la la land i mean it was like a dreamland everything looked the sky was brighter the stump mics were so different and like you could have you got a, such a different experience you had bill lorry you had tony like it was like you had the best in the world like you know <laughs> to come here and like win a series is uh big but i i'm sure like i was listening to you guys earlier on uh india would have liked to have been out there like it it's a damn squib at the end of the day right you're celebrating in the dressing room uh someone come the umpires walk up to you and say all right like you know you shake hands and uh, i i saw it happen actually from the press box they just like there was a, a light applause and then they did whatever they did inside but you want to celebrate a series win like this out there in front of the public grab like two stumps run around especially if you're virat kohli scream out in delight throw the ball in the ground throw the ball in the <laughs> ground I, i was australia should have been nice enough to just like you know get two of the batsmen to just walk out not yeah. even face a ball and then you could have had that given india their celebratory moment that they deserve walk out to the middle squat down on their haunches and look sad <laughs> you know, the classic sort of end of you just lost a test match that's right Close. well we were just in the as, as jeff and i were writing then you probably saw it as well they were showing highlights from the 2008 yeah. 9 a test match it was or was it 78 78 yeah. rather yeah 78 test match at, at sydney with the, the, the monkey gate oh. uh, test match but what i noticed was the celebrations of the australian side yeah. when they won which were were over the top for for lots yeah. of reasons that week Absolutely. but um yeah you're entitled to that moment uh, and and you're entitled to a 3-1 scoreline as well they they what do you mean yeah, um, weather set in on evening 3 most of day 4 was wiped out we'll come to that later uh, and today of course with the it wasn't really even really rain for most of it. it it felt like you were robbed of a of a of that emphatic that full stop bowling out you know knocking the middle stump of Nathan Lyon or whoever it is out of the ground and and as you say Colin to run around with a stump in his hand would have would have felt better than what we got but in saying that like you said off the top Jeff I, I don't think they'll they'll be too concerned not not after maybe the immediate moment here where it's uh, you know there's that that little impulsive explosion can't happen but in a week's time they've won a series in Australia that's that's really all that matters Uh, yeah, not even in a week's time already. I think they're having a big party up at the team hotel, uh, and like because they didn't win in South Africa, and the scoreline read four-one in England, and this was the year when this team was supposed to go out and conquer the world. Because and that's what they had like you know uh, spoken about doing as well. They said that we want to improve our overseas record. Winning overseas is what we want. They went to South Africa when people said this is the best chance to win in South Africa. They didn't win. They went down 2-0 before the third test. They went to England. People said this is the best chance to win in England. They went down 4-1. Like okay, they came close. They can say whatever they want, but the scoreline was 4-1. And when they came to Australia, like again, you know, it was a case of this being their best chance, but we knew this was their best chance mm. like and and this was their last chance in that year <laughs> to to win one of those away series yeah. and come good otherwise it would have been a massive bust of a year yeah and what a great year really when you when you consider not, not i don't mean results necessarily having not won until here but um it's rare you get to play three massive countries in the same year it worked out 
quite nicely, really. And being competitive in South Africa, could have gone the got down the other way. I, as you know, I covered the uh, India England mm-hmm. series in the UK, which England won four one, but easily could have been three two two three or one four. There, there's no doubt that that, that that series was closer than the scoreline suggested. Uh, and then coming here with that weight of expectation that you're expected to beat Australia, having never done it before, due to the weakened local lineup. I yeah. mean, it was a it was a it was a roller coaster of a year where you found out a lot about Indian cricket, a lot about the fast bowlers, a lot about Brat Coley's leadership. There's so much for us to interrogate here. It's but it's been it's been a year I think that will um, uh, warrant a book in its own right. Maybe you have to saddle up and write that Brat. Uh, another book on Indian cricket. No, no, no. Now I'm here. I'll write, write about the wonderful sights and sounds of Adelaide instead. No, of course. When, when, when you say the Donny touch, I just sort of hear bloodhound ha- blood, blood gang in my head. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I'm with you. Do, do, I'm very ding, much with you. You know, the visuals I, I'm not going to describe. Uh, no. Nonetheless, I wanted to ask about. Um, how much it hurt the previous couple of times because I remember watching so you know 2004 India win in Adelaide Dravid mm. makes the double hundred replying to Ponting Ajitagaka has his best day in test cricket six <laughs> wickets swings Australia out um, and, and they chase a small total and, and they draw that series one all and they're pushing for a win here at Sydney but but Australia hold them out on the last day and then um, 2008 losing in the last couple of overs in the Sydney test they then went on to win at Perth but ended up going down 2-1 and and you think well both those times those results they could have won a series they came so close with such a great team batting wise maybe not bowling wise and and, and missed out how much did it hurt Indian supporters uh, losing those two series I remember 2003-4 losing the chance to win I should say yeah yeah, I mean 2003-4 I remember very very vividly and once they put 700 on the board, we all thought this is it. Like, India is going to win a big series. And it was all set up like that. Ganguly, Dravid, Tendulkar, Sehwag. Uh, they just they were at the peak of their careers. And Kumble had, like, suddenly found, like, a second win. He was taking wickets. He took eight wickets here. Uh, it was all set up for that. I know it was Steve War's final game. And maybe that's what, like, prevented India. Like, you know, Indians are like that. Like, you know, they don't like to... They're not party poopers. Like, <laughs> if it wasn't Steve they're Wars too last... Polite. Sorry? Too polite. Yeah, too polite. Too nice. I mean, if it wasn't Steve Wars' final test, I think they would have won that test. But then the why did Sachin catch him at mid-wicket for 80, did he make? And didn't let him yeah. get the 100? Yeah, that was not, a bit rude. not that nice. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no... But you know what they have proven in this uh, series, though? Uh, which I think has always been a curse for Indian cricket. Uh, and, you know, we heard Ravi Shastri talk about it a lot in his own fashion. We'll get to that later. Uh, but it was about, actually about seizing the moments. Uh, in that test in particular, you make 700, you have Australia on the ropes, you just let them slip. We saw, you would have seen that in England this year. Oh, yeah. Sam Curran kept like... Birmingham, yeah. yeah. Never forget that test match. Exactly, yeah. Uh, they had to chase, what, 194? Like, yeah. 194 on that pitch. And they're flying as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, they've just they've come close and just missed out way too often. Yeah, it, It's happened this year, or, I mean, in South Africa and England and in the past. Uh, but here, if you look at Adelaide, 127 for six... Uh, it's a, it's a kind of start you f- dread as an Indian cricket fan because we're so used to it, and generally you an Indian team doesn't come back from that. Like Indian teams of the past, or even this Indian team, like would have like maybe lost that test uh, and completely like had their campaign derailed. Instead, they make two fifty, which I think is like the higher, 
the yardstick for this Australian batting lineup, I don't think they can go past 250 on a consistent basis wherever they play. So they make 250 and they make a match out of it. On the final day, it looked like Payne and Cummins might uh, turn the game around. Bumrah turns that game around. MCG, it looked like a dead pitch. We all thought it's going to a dull draw. Bumrah has that six-wicket burst, bowls that delivery to Sean Marsh, moment seized. And that's that's the biggest gain for Indian cricket from this series, I believe. Resilience for India across the year, when you consider that um, they won in Johannesburg after being smashed in the previous test match on a green top, you would have assumed that what happened in the second rubber, they would have got flogged on in those conditions, but they backed it up. Trebridge, after losing, oh gosh, 20 for 250 at Lords the, the previous week, it's, again, it was they, they had to bat first and, and they found a way to win that test match and win it handsomely. Uh, and then in Adelaide as well, 6 for 127, as you say, um, Australia missed that prized opportunity. But may, maybe that's the biggest development of this Indian side is that there is that stoicism internally that they, and, and to what extent and do you think that, that comes back to their leader in Coley? It feels as though that's, that's a guy who doesn't sort of just accept the premise of you going to lose a game of cricket. He, he's, he's with you until the very last minute. Absolutely. He's very Aussie in that way. He's uh, uh, not an Aussie from the 2018-19 season but more like the Aussie from the uh, an Aussie from the 90s when uh, they just never gave up. I mean and this will to win it, it's it's I don't want to compare like cricketers and eras, but it, it's very rare in an Indian. I mean, forget about an Indian cricketer. Uh, we we generally the kinds, and I might be generalizing here, who would like you know miss the bus rather than run after it. We're like, eh. <laughs> so we don't get that option in Bombay. Like you know, yeah. luckily I moved out of there to not worry about the buses for a while now because the buses in Adelaide and most of Australia, if you hail them, they actually stop and you actually get a seat. So that's kind of new to me. But uh, uh, it. it that's 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 the thing about Kohli that always stands out. Yeah, I mean he loves he's a showman. He loves you you put him in a dull like you know drab of a match, you won't see the best of Kohli. But when the the, the spotlight's on and the fire is on, that's when the best of Kohli comes through and uh, that's rubbed on everybody else in that team as well and uh, and it's showing like you said uh the resilience Again, going back to what I said about Adelaide, from 127 for 6, this team, like most Indian teams, might have just never recovered from mm. that. But they managed to recover from a lot of positions like that uh, throughout the year and quite often under uh, uh, Kohli's leadership. And uh, uh, there's this uh, image of Kohli that I think was his Twitter profile picture for a long time from Adelaide 2014, you know, when they came very close mm. and they mm. lost. Uh, it, it was him, I think, after his second century in that test. It was just like him and he, there's the uh, big scoreboard saying Kohli 100, not out, whatever. And uh, that test match, I think, shaped... In, they, I mean, Kohli and Shastri love to talk about that test match. And I think, in reality, that was a test match that uh, kind of set almost... Uh, that, that was a formula that they wanted to follow, where they never went to... Uh, went about drawing a test. It was all about winning. And I think he spoke about it today as well. Uh, it can be criticized. I mean, I, I, I was actually going to write a piece after the Perth defeat that most teams that win a series know how to draw a test. Uh, but, well, I mean, if it's working for them or it just worked out for them finally, it's probably not a bad thing. I, I want to dig into Coley a little bit with you, Brat, but 
almost via Jeff because Jeff and I have been at odds on Coley over the last okay. couple of years in the sense that Jeff worships him and oh. I don't. Um, on the base, Jeff loves the way he plays his cricket. Jeff loves the fact that he's anti-authoritarian and, and, and gives it to people. I've, I've often thought that he's a, he's a prat and, um, <laughs> and, and of, you, know, you and I have had discussions about the way in which he um, feels as though, I think to, to use your words, feels as though he needs the world to be against him yeah, yeah, to yeah. access the best of himself. But I've learned to really respect him in the last couple of weeks. I don't know, something clicked in my head. I, I feel like I understand him better now, watching him at close quarters. And, and, it, and, and it comes back to the way he handled himself this afternoon at the press conference. So they've won this test series. It's, it's a huge deal. It's a massive personal achievement. And he was statesman-like in that media mm. conference today, the way he refused to take um, almost like personal credit for it. It was all about um, the team he'd assembled around him. It was about you know the the strength of the weakest link and those sorts of cliches. He didn't use those, but that was the kind of uh, imagery he was uh, evoking. And I think that's that. I think I'm now getting him in that I don't always like the way he carries on, and I don't always like the way that he he feels like he needs to be in a scrap. But it's as though that's the best way he knows. And if that's it's like playing to his strengths almost. He knows that. And so, so why try and change it up? And and that was, I mean, we we might as well talk about Ravi Shastri as well and the, the embarrassing performance he put on today. But initially, Jeff, like I feel like I've got him now. But yeah, but, but and before we get to that, what I was interested in, particularly with Coley, was the way he, when he came over here at the start of the series, it was all about Coley. All the TV ads were yeah. showing Australian players and Coley. Everybody was talking <laughs> about him. There was the, the the Nets video from Adelaide that got six million views or whatever it was on online. And people were saying, this guy, because, you know, he made 400s the last time he toured. He was expected to be the most informative, the player who informed the series the most. Mm. In the end, he's not. He made 100 in the only loss that they had on tour. He played a couple of other innings that were of some substance, but he didn't contribute hugely with the bat, and it didn't matter. Because in England mid-year, it was all on Coley. If he didn't oh, yeah. make the runs, India would lose. And, and the only reason they even got close was because of how incredibly well he played every single time. Out here, he didn't need to, and it wasn't about him anymore. So that seemed to signal the, the evolution of a much more complete team than the one we, they had even six months before. Yeah, and uh, I think to go back to what Adam was saying and about how it's taken him a while to get Virat Kohli, I think uh, he is an acquired taste. Like Ravi Shastri, but we'll get to him later. But uh, he, uh, he, like you know, because he's so an Indian almost, uh, he's too in your face, maybe borderline arrogant, or he has been in the past. A lot of Indians, like uh, he's, uh, like Sachin Tendulkar, when I mean f- because of his humility or modesty or all those things that people like to talk about him. Uh, I don't think there was any section of India who disliked him, but Kohli. Uh, at least till like two or three years ago, the, he wasn't really accepted by most of India because like, uh, because maybe they were like on Adam's side more than your side. Yeah, he maybe. was too new school. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Because we weren't used to like uh, Indian cricketers being so brash and mm. so in your face, like wearing their emotions on their sleeve. Mm. And there was this feeling in India that it was all like uh, put on, that it was not natural. But then I think with time, he's matured as well. Like his press conferences, uh, I saw this like in Bombay, like just before they left for Australia. He was very mellow and uh, he was, they accepted that they made mistakes. This was very, very <laughs> new for mm-hmm. us who've like dealt with Kohli and Shastri for the last four or five years where uh, if you pointed out a mistake, like they would point their finger back at you say and that you were the mistake. I mean, you should like, it was almost like you, like, you know, uh, uh, 
yeah, I mean, no, you sitting there is a mistake, or like you know, you just like <laughs> yeah, your parents made a mistake with you. <laughs> it was almost like that. So for them to accept mistakes and to move on, and it's showing. Uh, it's uh, I think a lot of India is now like like Adam, like getting who Virat Kohli is, and uh, it's it's taken a while, but they're getting there. When, when Jeff and I had Harsha on the show a couple of weeks ago, he he said that Virat Kohli is emblematic of modern India, a far more confident. Um, representative of the country than perhaps what we've been conditioned to um, and maybe India and you kind of alluded to it before about running for the bus versus or yeah. you know the humility of not wanting to take the catch and so forth <laughs> it's that he represents a, a far more confident and less submissive India and, and almost reflective of India's place in, in the modern economy in the world is it do you think there's, there's some synergy between those things? To an extent, like, I mean, but Harsha obviously comes from, like, he's, what, three generations before me, so uh, I'm closer to the Kohli generation <laughs> than he is, so I know where Harsha is coming from. Uh, I wouldn't go that far, saying that, like, he is the, because I think Indians are still, there's more a mix of, uh, like, how far we go with, like, wearing our emotions on our sleeve, we, I think, we quite adept at uh, being on top of them Like we know how to control mm-hmm. them Unlike Kohli Who just lets them all um, Hang out But Even with Kohli Like uh, when, it, when I speak about him maturing uh, I don't think you're going to see him Like uh, Get into Like flashes, Flash the bird at The Australian crowds Like he did in 2011-12 mm-hmm. Or uh, Get into ugly Like verbal Verbals with uh, The Aussies Like he did in 2014-15 I mean I know They had Warner And Haddon And Mitchell Johnson Even like uh, Suddenly after hitting him, okay, we can't get to that some yeah, other yeah, day. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, you don't. I don't think you'll get to see that Kohli anymore. Yeah, I mean he'll celebrate and punch the air when he takes a wicket because uh, he was. We were so uh, used to seeing Virat Kohli swear on the cricket field that uh, there were so many like uh, so many jokes around like Virat Kohli's favorite words in Hindi. I can't say them on, <laughs> on air here. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it, that was the Kohli that's come and gone. This is the new statesman like Kohli. Uh, does he represent modern India? To an extent, yeah. Uh, oh, if you go to Delhi, everybody has a beard like Virat Kohli. That's a problem for me. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, but uh, to an extent, yeah, I would say yes and no. I would say yes and no. The other new emergence that everybody's talked a lot about is Jasper Boomerang. He's he's not any of those things. He's not brash and in your face. He, he's a delightful, lovely man. He <laughs> seems like you know someone you just want to give a hug to. But at the same time, he'll bowl 150 k's at you and break all of the fingers in your hand. So he, he's, he's a curious mix of, of the, um, the the polite, sweet, pleasant fast bowler. Uh, but he just blew people away. This, I remember watching him, you and I watched him, Adam, a couple of years ago when he came out for some one-day games. We watched his international debut, actually. Yeah, it was at the SCG yeah. here in a one-day international, and I don't think he took many wickets. He, he I don't bowled think, pretty but he well, bowled beautifully. And he looked good, and, and he was this IPL find who yeah, was just yeah. a bit of a... They, he was like, a specky. Like, he, he was, was a freak a bowler. Yeah. They said, oh, he's got a weird action. He might confuse people and take a couple of wickets. And it worked in the IPL, and then it worked for India in the short-form stuff. And in 2018, suddenly it's worked for India in test matches. And what a revelation to come in in 2018 with 49 wickets I think he took yep. in the year um, and and almost didn't bowl a bad ball. Uh, he's, I, I remember speaking to uh, 
my old friend MS Dhoni like two years ago. <laughs> that was his. No, that was his tour of Zimbabwe, and I was spe- sent by the Indian Express specifically to track MS Dhoni because at that point we didn't know whether he has plans to play till the 2019 World Cup, whether he's going to quit the ODI captaincy. We had no idea, and it was Dhoni and a bunch of uh, young kids, and it was almost like. Dhoni no knew me better than some of his teammates on that tour. Like, it was seriously like that. And Bumrah was, uh, what, like, yeah, you saw, uh, you guys saw him make his debut here, I think, in January or February of 2016. Yeah, January 2016. Yeah, was, yeah, this was yeah. probably four or five months later. Okay. And uh, you you could see from game one that he'd become Dhoni's go-to man. And I remember bumping into Dhoni uh, on the sidelines and this is also around the time I was doing the book. So it was important that I was there, thanks to the Indian Express. <laughs> and he said that I really have not seen an Indian fast bowler just, uh, you know, land up here matured. Like, you know, like you see Nishan Sharma, no offense to him, but it's taken him 90 tests to get where he is. <laughs> and here you had a kid who... Like just plucked out of nowhere by John Wright. He's learned his cricket literally by watching stuff on TV. Uh, it, it, he really has. He doesn't know where his action comes from. He's just natural. And Dhoni said that I know if I throw the ball to him, he seems to know exactly what he needs to do in whatever uh, like scenario you gave the give the ball to him in. Whether he has a new ball in his hand, whether he has an old ball in his hand. And he said back then that this guy is going to play a lot of cricket for India, including test cricket. And when he made his test debut, he hadn't played first-class cricket for Gujarat for over a year. And then India just take a punt on him. And uh, from day one, he just looked like he belonged. And he is the uh, modern-day Indian that I think Harsha is referring to because he's confident in his own skin. Mm -hmm. He doesn't need to pretend to be someone else. Like I saw today, like just after, just when they were waiting for the presentation ceremony uh, the Indian fans were playing the same beats that they play for everything in India it kind of irritates me I'm sorry (laughs) the Indian fans are going to listen to this but uh, they can come up with something new and you saw Rishabh Pant and everyone shaking a leg and then they started shouting Bumrah Bumrah and Pant and someone else they were trying to force Bumrah to shake his leg but he just wouldn't he just turned around like you know just like too modest yeah I know clapped his hands because that's him and that like you know to not be pressurized to do something you're not comfortable with uh, which a lot of Indians unfortunately there's a lot of peer pressure in India this is just a lot of us and like a lot of people succumb to peer pressure for a lot of things uh, Bumrah doesn't and it shows in his bowling he well, doesn't yeah, well, not just the action but I mean we're conditioned in Australia to seeing Indian fast bowlers come out who, who aren't really fast bowlers or yeah. at least not the way they're interpreted or played on, on hard flat tracks when they go around the country we've seen many an Indian second or third seam a bit absolutely spifflicated by the Australian top order and, and that wasn't the case here because Bumrah's a yard quicker than anyone we've seen here um, Ishant's a, a much improved bowler Shami um, has the ability to bowl fast as well and obviously his main comparative advantage is the way that he swings it both ways but I found it instructive that, that, that Bouvi couldn't even get in the 11. When they played four quicks they played Umesh Yadav and Bouvi who we've seen dominate the IPL, um, a wonderful white ball bowler, on his day the best white ball seamer on the world just about and in terms of his numbers and the way he gets through his overs and yet he's he's now not even able to get in the Indian 11. I think that, that speaks volumes about, we, we talk about this being the, the best Indian fast bowling group of all time. I mean, on their day, they're, they're every bit as potent now as the, yes, well, more potent than the Australians, but also the, the South Africans who Jeff and I saw earlier in the year when you got Stain Rabada and Philander, uh, now retired Morkel, but still all the same. That That's such a, a wonderful group. This Indian pace 
battery is up there with them. We, we've never seen this, this sort of this sort of comparison before. Yeah, I mean, Indian teams would always look enviously across the border at Pakistan. Yeah. I think that's the only time we look enviously across the border uh, at their fast bowling riches. And uh, we would always wonder, like, there would be so many discussions. Is it because they eat meat? Is it because it's just, like, no, seriously, there was, I remember Jawagal Srinath when he came here in 91-92. There was this big story. I was still very young, but I remember reading about it, about how he bumped into Wakar Yunus and he said that, no, if you want to be strong and bowl fast through the day, you should stop, start eating meat and all these stories and rumors really? would, like, float around a lot back then. Wow. Because we just did not know what. The, like you know we were all looking for that magic potion to find the Indian fast bowler and uh, we would get like random guys like Munaf Patel when he broke onto the scene was supposed to be this big fast bowler lost his pace uh, we've had so many I remember someone called David Johnson who played a test and got Michael Slater out in 1996 mm, in was supposed in yeah. Delhi supposed to be really fast I mean he played what two test matches yeah. so uh, I don't think Indian cricket has ever had not just a fast bowling attack as good as this but the fast bowling riches and because there are uh, quite a few back home like the guys who we saw in the under 19 world cup hitting the 150k's and the, I, I I don't know what's happened in Indian cricket it's 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 fascinating because it's not really uh, I mean you'll get lots of theories about we did this and we did that but it just come from nowhere I, I, I think it has a lot to do with uh, how Indian cricket has uh, spread to uh, the rural parts because uh, that it is a sign of how much Indian cricket has gone away from the urban centers, where like someone like Umesh Yadav, he he's almost like the Harold Lawood of India. Like he comes from his father used to work in the mines, like just off Nagpur. Like Mohammad Shami, found from nowhere. He's just like from a UP village. Ishan Sharma probably is the only guy in this mix who at least came through the ranks, played junior cricket and came through the thing. The rest have just come from nowhere. Really. And he was about six foot ten, so it was always <laughs> likely that they might tell him to, to try hurling sure. the ball down. Do you think, is this maybe, the, is this start of, the start of a, an era of Indian dominance in, in cricket? Because you've got these riches, Coley was speaking about it in the press, saying that they've got a lot of fast bowlers, they've got their eyes on coming through. Uh, is India going to, to dominate the next ten years? Are, are we going to see a lot more Indian wins out in Australia? I think so because if you look at most teams that have started uh, like a dominant run in the history of Test cricket, it's always started with fast bowlers. The West Indians did it with their four pacemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Australia, I mean, you had Shane Warne, but then you found McGrath and then Gillespie and then Brett Lee. Uh, it always starts with fast bowling because what do you need to win Tests overseas? 20 wickets mm-hmm. and uh, you will end up playing more fast bowlers than spinners anyway. And India will keep like I mean the irony in all this is suddenly we there's a real dearth of quality spinners in India like if you look beyond Ashwin and Jadeja now we found Kuldeep Yadav but you look beyond them there aren't too many who are taking a lot of wickets regularly in domestic cricket so and it's also showing in how suddenly Indian batsmen struggle more against spin than fast bowling right yeah which uh, is strange like I'm saying like I was saying earlier it's a a strange occurrence it's not like anybody planned for this or there's always been a push for finding fast bowling for fast bowlers in India but it just happened randomly but but we'll still have 20 years of commentators saying oh they're great players of spin (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just used his wrists only Indians have wrists (laughs) yeah 
lazy in the field and good wrists. Yeah, you know, the, the usual, the usual. Uh, and usual snakes cliches. and yeah, snakes and elephants yeah. as well. Yeah, don't forget that. That's one. right. <laughs> it feels as though the IPL must have played a role in this. I mean, watching Mohammed Siraj play in the IPL last year, Sadat Core as well. Like you've, you've got this next generation of quicks coming through as well, who are such such exciting talented cricketers but they've got that that showcase of the IPL the pressure of playing in packed out stadiums uh, you know uh, enormous television audiences all the glitz and glamour and so on I know it's a different form of the game but do you think there's a uh, there's something to that that the, the fast bowlers are getting this exposure on a nightly basis during the IPL as that as that competition matures year on year yeah and it's confidence right uh, you uh, in the past before the IPL you wouldn't get like for batsmen or bowlers you wouldn't get the opportunity to play in such high pressure games mm. with like 60 70000 people watching you and you get get sh- getting to share a dressing room with Mitchell Johnson going back to Bumrah i was seeing some interview of his recently and he kept speaking about how he got to spend a lot of time with Malinga and Mitchell Johnson and there was this one anecdote that really stood out for me because uh, apparently he was such a big fan of Mitchell Johnson that he was bowling to Mitchell Johnson in the nets uh, in the nets at the Mumbai Indians and he wanted to prove to Mitchell Johnson that he could bowl quick as well so apparently he bowled him a bouncer and hit him on the helmet <laughs> and then Johnson comes out and he tells Bumrah uh, let me know the next time you get in uh, to the nets for a bat I'm going to come at you with the new ball and apparently he didn't like have a batting net for two years at the Mumbai Indians. <laughs> so, and that tells you a lot. It, it, it's all about confidence, right? Like, so there's no stage fright for a lot of young Indians who come yeah. onto the stage, like Prithvi Shaw. You saw him make, okay, it was against a very weak West Indian bowling attack uh, and he's going to get to face the West Indies again in July or September whenever he plays Test Cricket next. So, he's got lucky there. But, uh, no stage fright, which again, was used to be a big issue with Indian cricket in the past. Unless he's batting, because Boomer is currently average 1.5 in yeah. test cricket. Yeah, you worked out today, didn't you? <laughs> on, on, someone sent it into the the Guardian OBO. Right. So, but he's he's only had 15 innings, so he hasn't reached the cutoff yet. He needs 20 innings. Magical 20 innings. Um, at which point, but he's he's well ahead of Chris Martin, um, and uh, who was who was 2.3, I think. So, so comparative riches compared. To so can we can have both covered off in the space of three years. Remember when Adam Voges in his 20th innings was batting and not out. He was he was in excess of 100. Yeah, it was about 101 until he got out for that double 100. Yeah, but it was that was his 19th test innings, I think, from memory. It was his 20th test innings when we were at uh, Christchurch and he was on about 50-odd not out and that's when he clicked over the magic sort of 100 in, in the... And that was that was only, what, a couple of years ago and we could see Jasbit Boomer. So for the stats nerds out there like Jeff, that's um, that's enough to... The top and the bottom. Off. God, that would be, that would Tremendous. be in- incredible if he could keep it up. Chris Martin, 100% of his <laughs> test dismissals, he, he was out for single figures. It's a Shaw Marsh as well. Only 43%. Sorry, only 43%. It is just about the worst for a specialist batsman in history. I've been looking into those numbers. But, uh, I, I just love this this Indian victory this week for lots of reasons. Not least the fact that this was the first country where India toured after independence. I mean, you know, like you're a young country. You're a, you're a, you're a young, um, vibrant, growing nation, and and having taken so long to have six, this sort of success, but uh, going full circle almost from from you know uh, breaking the shackles of colonialism, achieving independence, coming over to Australia, getting thrashed by an innings. Three times, Bradman scored twin tons for the only time in his career during that series. It was a, you know, it was an annihilation, and most people remember that series for Vinu Mankad yeah. for, for you know, reasons that um, are still unfair to the great Indian all rounder. Uh, but uh, to, 
that that curve, that arc, that must make people so proud to be Indian right now. It's that it's more than just cricket, isn't it? It's like it's sort of a, a maturation of, of the nation. I, and maybe I'm overstating that, but it does feel as though like there's there's more to this. Certainly, the way that Coley was talking this afternoon, he was he was gushing with pride. Absolutely, and like I said, it's beating Australia. Beating Australia yeah. has always been. I know it's a big deal for the English, but it's always been a big deal for uh, India as well because. Uh, even though they were so far away, they always had. We, we always looked up to Australia as the big brother in in cricketing parlance. I mean, in cricket in a cricketing sense, anyway. Uh, and uh, yeah, I never thought about it as uh, it being like so important in uh, in terms of like you know where the nation is right now because we have progressed dramatically in the last uh, uh, what thirty years or so. Oh, of course, I don't want to diminish that either and say this no, is the but no, 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 just no, yet I, another I, box ticked, if you like. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And this was a this was a box that we really needed to take. I mean, the Indian team had to take because uh, you know we've won so much at home. See, everybody talks about that two thousand one series as being mm. dramatic and come like they came back from behind. But in 1998, they thrashed Australia. They, oh, yeah. It was still at... I mean, they was, you're still playing at home. You still have yeah. your Tendulkars and your Lakshmans and your Dravids. Against your, Paul Blocker-Wilson, Adam Dale. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Gavin yeah. Robertson. A poor Paul Rifle. Yeah. <laughs> or, oh, well, um, yeah, Damien Fleming didn't even get out of the blocks. So yeah, yeah. Four overs and break down. <laughs> and Michael Kasparov used to bowl with oh, a hanky around man. his neck. Poor, oh, poor Kasparov. Michael Kasparovitz. What a warrior he what was. What a warrior. Absolutely. Every time he's, he went to India. He's happy now. He's, got a, he's got a lot of lucrative business dealings oh, yeah. with India now. Which uh, is, Entirely due to the fact that he just Bowling suffered really nicely over Bangalore in '98. I know, and he doesn't even wear the hanky around his neck anymore. So, <laughs> so no, it, it is a big moment, and uh, like one one thing I noticed, which I thought was huge, is it was the way that Coley talked about this. This is going to, to inspire the next generation of cricketers to, to value yeah. Test cricket, and at a time when people are talking down the the life expectancy of Test cricket drastically, it's to have the most influential cricketer in the world be such a, an outspoken advocate for test cricket he says it time and time again test cricket is the ultimate it's the pinnacle it's where you te- it's where you show what you can do as a cricketer and it's hugely important that he's backing it in that way as someone who could be seen as the figurehead of the IPL he's not he's he's test cricket first and foremost yeah and uh, it's very important that he is the, i mean let's face it and not just because he's indian he is the most influential cricketer uh, in the world right now and one issue we always had with Sachin Tendulkar was he was the most influential cricketer uh, at that time. And he probably never was outspoken enough yeah. or never like, eager enough to take a stand on any issue. Kind of still is. I mean, but his, <laughs> his, his public statements are, are happy birthday to people. And that's yeah, yeah, but he, but he, he did He's like, very make good at wishing a, people happy birthday. He is. He must but, keep a diary with a spreadsheet. Absolutely. But you heard Ravi Shastri talk about gods and demigods. You know who he was like targeting, right? There was Gavaskar, of course. Yes. But also Tendulkar, because I think he gave an interview to a newspaper two days ago where he made it a point to say that, yeah, without Smith and Warner, this Australian team is not great or is an average side. I mean, there was no need to say that. Like, no. Yeah, you know. And but I can, see how that that would have, I can see how that would have, um, uh, how that would have affected the massive chip on Ravi Shastri's shoulder as it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we just touch on that? I know we haven't yeah, quite got there yet. What on earth is going on with that bloke? I mean, that, that, that pre- to, by way of background, if you haven't listened to the press conference, um, do so. It's worth accessing the audio. Um, he did not need to be there today. That was Virat Kohli's moment. The coach did not need to be there full stop. But to talk in these riddles and to, to yeah. roll out all these commentary cliches and to um, these inaccessible analogies, it was, it was purely designed to make sure that he was the story on the television news back in India tonight. And I just thought that was so selfish and so unnecessary when Virat Kohli 
by stark contrast, we mentioned before what a statesman he was, you put the two people next to each other, there was one person... Um, uh, doing a fine job and one person uh, doing what felt to me quite, quite a selfish job. It just seemed so unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, see, I've, I kind of know Ravi Shastri decently well and I was surprised, like I'm not surprised that he was there today. I mean, he is someone who likes to make his presence felt in such a case. I think he missed being in the commentary box when India won because he's, you know, his voice is played out yeah, for yeah. each one of India's like most like uh, uh, significant victories uh, over the last totally. 20, 30 years. And yeah. he was there in the 1983 World Cup, 1984. He made a mention of everything. He certainly did. <laughs> made mention of all the things he was part of. Uh, exactly. That wasn't awesome for me either. Yeah. And, um, but that's, that's the only culture that this i mean we speak a lot about culture these days in cricket don't we and uh, uh, that's the only worrying part about this indian team this present indian team's culture where they unnecessarily have this whole feeling of uh, it's the world against us i think kohli used that word as, like phrase as well he, he said it today again he, yeah he, regardless yeah. of the world in like Especially with the Indian media, you know that pot show. I mean, the, his whole chemistry the pot lesson shot at the on, end of like, yeah. Oh yeah, he, yeah. Run through the chemistry lesson. That was gold. Oh my god, yeah. He, Jeff, you want to do the one? No, no, please. No, no. I mean, it was all about. Uh, he, I think, like, like I said, that's why I think he. Well, I said he was missing the common distance because he had to bring up the dress up bullet. Yeah, that's what I meant about the cliche. He'll but know that, that that will be the headline tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. In a way that made no sense either. He said uh, it will blow away in the wind like a tracer bullet. Tracer do, you, bullet. do you know what a tracer bullet is? I'm, I'm fairly sure after all these years he does not know what a tracer bullet is. Yet. Clearly he doesn't. And then the <laughs> he thinks whole it's thing. a cut shot that goes to the boundary. <laughs> and you could make out that he's been preparing this whole lead the, the line about the lead for two days and he, he forgot it because he just went lead. Uh, lead bullets are made of <laughs> yeah. lead. Something I'm going to bang on yeah, for three and a half minutes. Yeah, he didn't say bullets because he was trying to be cryptic. Yeah. with like he didn't want to say bullets. It, it, it was nonsensical. It was absolute gibberish. If it, you listen and, back and to it, it, was, it made and, no and it sense. Was da- targeted at uh, hey, you like, bikes. No, no, no. That oh, was Gavaskar. That was Gavaskar. Yeah, 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 and sorry, that's yeah. why he went on to say this team has no gods and no demigods. demigods. Like, right. uh, like someone, some senior journalist was telling me there have been only two gods in Indian cricket, Gavaskar and Tendulkar. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. But then, then on the way out, the, the, the drive-by, you guys, now, where he, he quite pointedly said that it couldn't have been done without the Indian yeah. journalist, which was not what he was saying at all. No. It was a very sarcastic comment at the end to make sure everyone, he was heard one last yeah. time. I mean, what's that all about? I've seen him take on your journalist before, Brad, where he's I've seen him single out journalists in press yeah. conferences. That, I mean, it, again, it seems to me as though you've, you've got this this captain, yeah. and and you've got a guy who, who who kind of wishes he was captain. Yeah, well, I wouldn't go that far. I think the thing it, it's it's a team thing. I mean, if Virat really was so affected by it, he could always just like uh, because Virat is still number one in the dressing room. It's but you wonder if, if he's a guy who can sack a coach whenever he wants. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it is it, it it is a problem. Trust me. Like. Uh, Having been uh, Indian cricket journalist for the last ten odd years, we've never felt, and like it's. I mean, it's not our job to support India. We're not like no. we're not cheerleaders. We're journalists for crying out loud! Like you know, or supposed to be. Uh, supposed know, to be. A, I, like, I mean, a couple of people maybe fall on the wrong side of the line here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's the occasional for Can I get a selfie? Touch? But <laughs> there, there, there's been a lot fewer. To be fair, there's been a lot fewer of the, 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 that those type yeah. of reporters on this tour. I felt there's been more, far more. You've been very critical of of the of, you know. I say critically in the in yeah. the uh, in the uh, holistic sense. You've been yeah. critical of, 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 of what you've seen. You've not been um, yeah. parochial at all. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, maybe because the tickets to Australia become very expensive these days. So that's a good thing, I think, for a change. But uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a thing that 
is not going to go away very soon because there is a feeling within this team uh, that we are, don't support the team enough because i've heard stuff about how uh, look at the australian media and the english media look how like you know how they uh, never diss their team even when they aren't doing well of course we do i know that's exactly. our job that's what we're when, supposed to do when people say that about the australian media pack and it has been asserted before i, I do have a laugh to myself yeah. because every pack gets given that reputation yeah yeah i sort of straddle between the english one and the australian yeah. one and both packs get accused of that and it's bullshit on both counts no, no one is they're barracking for the yarn. They're barracking for the story. Exactly. If anything, they're barracking for the best possibility of them having a good piece in the paper. The Particularly next when, when when our relationships with the team and the players and the management are so often incredibly difficult because yeah. we are critical of what's going on within the team. Precisely. So, yeah, so, yeah you know, to, to be a little bit self-indulgent, it is frustrating. But there's one thing I think we should touch on before we wrap up that we haven't yet that we have to do. Chiteshwa Pajara. Yes. The the reason India won this series, uh, they would have lost Adelaide and gone one nil down without him. He made it was the most important innings in Melbourne, and he should have set up another win here in Sydney. Twelve hundred and fifty eight balls faced in the series. That's uh, more than anyone except for Kim Hughes and David Boone in contests between Australia and India, mm. and they both had several six more tests, innings. Yeah. They had five or six tests uh, to collect those numbers over. So extraordinary. He batted for longer than a five-day test match himself in the series um, in terms of minutes spent at the crease. And he just was impenetrable and wore Australia down by by just refusing to go away. It was was an extraordinary achievement from someone who's not trendy, who's not flashy. Who's no not, IPL contract. No IPL contract, um, but just did, did the test cricket thing. Yeah, and uh, as we were duly informed by the captain and coach, who has no dance moves either. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a useful bit we got out of that presser. Yeah, it absolutely I was. Think so too. He doesn't move his arms when he walks. They say, oh, oh you look you at you. you're right, he doesn't. <laughs> he's, so, he's so bloody dignified as well, isn't he? Every time we get him at the post-play press conference, mm-hmm. you know, you, it, he's such an impressive ambassador for that side. He doesn't say a lot, but the way he carries himself and the way he was on the field today when he was announced as the player of the match and the player of the series, it's been said that Jeff, that, well, Jeff made the point before when they came to the country, it was, it was Coley versus Australia. Um, I think it's instructive now that Australia are like, where is our next Chiteshwa Pajara? I think, if anything, that that's that validates the sort of the the lasting impressions left on this country. Absolutely, and I, you spoke earlier about how uh, Kohli is advocating for Test cricket. I think Chit, the way Cheteshwar Pujara batted in this series is the biggest advocate for Test cricket you will ever get. Like you, you that's that's what the that's what the format is all about. That's what cricket is all about. Like it's about once uh, once you get a bat in your hand, it's about not getting out. And you could see the like you know the stark contrast with the Australians who half of them were just walking out to get out and come back like the whole point is like <laughs> was defeated like uh, whether it was the openers or uh, a lot of the sophisticated form of bush dancing <laughs> yeah. go, go out to the middle link arms with your batting partner <laughs> and do a circle and come back <laughs> and come, uh. yeah and, and it, you, you, he's one of those guys you feel so happy for because he's doing well because he's someone who gives it his all uh, and it's not pretty like you know uh, I always compared this in my copy or I wrote this once a long time ago about how uh, have you seen him just after he's like left a ball or someone's bowled a bouncer to him it's almost like how uh, uh, we do like when you travel in a Mumbai local train because it's so crowded 
Yeah, every two minutes you're always checking to see whether your wallet's in place. Like, yeah, you'll always see him do that. It's almost like uh, uh, his way of just getting himself back in the yeah. back in the groove. It's uh, it's a it's a fascinating story. Cheteshwar Pujara. He uh, lost his mother at a young age. His father would take him to Bombay, and his father was an ex first class cricketer as well. Uh, father and son are so obsessed about cricket. I mean, we heard the word obsession a lot from Kohli in this series, but I think. Uh, the kind of obsession he has for batting and for scoring runs uh, is beyond uh, beyond imagination, really. You don't get to see that uh, anywhere in the world. So even though Australia is looking for its next Chetashwar Pujara, they're not finding it anywhere. And, and when he when he, when they ask what he'd be doing next, he should go and ask what's up next. I'm just going to go back and play for some first-class cricket <laughs> and then prepare for the next test series. Oh, I thought that was quite pointed, actually. No, he said, I'm going to go and play some Randy Trophy when he gets home. That's a whole different kettle of fish. Uh, I also thought I liked that he was human, that, that he got out dancing down the track. Crick Fizz, uh, our friends uh, Ben Jones and Freddie Wilde calculated that Pajara, when dancing, advancing to a spinner, averaged, I think it was 430 or something like that, until he was dismissed uh, by Nathan Lyon this week, which dragged it back to 220. So he goes, he uses his feet pretty well. So for a guy who's considered to be boring and drab, um, you, you can't get through when he uses his feet, which is usually considered a more flashy thing to do. So, you know, he's, he's, not, he's not a one-trick pony. Um, Brett, Sunder Racing, you've been an absolute delight. And you know what the best thing is? You live in Australia now. So if you're, um, if you're, if you're wanting to read uh, Brett's work and listening in and, and hearing his insight, crickbuzz.com is the place to do that. Um, his book is The Dhoni Touch. Um, he's, uh, and, he, and he's also that, that piece I mentioned off the top. I wanted to ask you about how you found Patrick Patterson, but uh, that's an epic piece of writing. Um, I don't know how you managed to do that. Well, I do from reading it, but I mean, the, the dedication to, to track down someone lost to the game, uh, it, it was a wonderful contribution you made there. And, and we're so thrilled that you're able to join the final word. Thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure, man. It's the start of good things to come. And I'll keep uh, uh, telling you guys about which other songs that uh, Australia's copied. <laughs> They're adopted Australian. We'll do it again sometime, mate. For, for sure, man. Like, uh, thanks for having me. This is the final word with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon, brought to you as always by Cookaburra Cricket. If it ain't Cooker, Jeff, it ain't cricket. That is what they tell me. Uh, Cookaburra make a bunch of stuff. It's not just the, the cricket balls that India just beat Australia with, but it's the, <laughs> the bats and, that weren't used that often by the Australians, uh, the pads that were struck often, the gloves that were hit. And uh, How many times has poor old Tim Payne been hit on the fingers? Oh, it's lucky he's got good gloves. Too right. I, I got a, a text from my brother today asking me, can you please hit up some of your Kookaburra contacts for some free cricket balls. Imagine steaming in with a 142-gram pill. It would be bouncer central. <laughs> you can sort of see the sort of contest my brother and I had as kids. We'd get given Kookaburras for Christmas and we'd go away and try and kill each other. It was great. Um, but bats as well, as you say. But it, there's tons of stuff on offer from Kookaburra cricket at the moment. And you can get in the running to win bats, balls, pads, gloves, slide pads and so on from Kookaburra.com. Biz. So kookaburra.biz, sign up to Team Kookaburra and you're in the running to win any number of bits of kit. That might include, Jeff, um, some, some, some fabulous bats. Well, uh, Peter Hanscom went all right in the Sydney test, uh, sort of started to, uh, to try to get his spot back and he's batting out there with the surge, which is <laughs> the surge <laughs> Silvani. The surge Silvani. <laughs> I am definitely, definitely buying a surge Silvani. I'm going to call that accordingly. <laughs> Sophie Molyneux also uses the surge. You know what she is? Oh. She's the Australian Cricket Media Association's Emerging Women's Cricketer of the Year. We inducted her the other night, yeah. which was, that was brilliant. And, and, the, and the corresponding award for the, for the men was won by Marcus Harris and he uses the Kookaburra Ghost. 
So two Kookaburra players taking out the, the two big gongs from the ACMA this year. And it didn't actually have anything to do with uh, <laughs> Kookaburra didn't skew the votes there. So. No, and I, and I was the chairman of the subcommittee and I managed to pick two Kookaburra players by complete just, accident. Just, I didn't even realise they were Kookaburra. Well, I did, but I didn't. that wasn't why I picked them for, it, for the sake it, of probity. It, it wasn't at the front of mind no, at, absolutely at the not. time. Um, Tim Payne, as mentioned, of course, the Australian skipper with a very tough job to you to do uh, using the kahuna out there. And, uh, and Lisa Healy, who made another 100, I think, last week, so. She's killing it in WBBL and the Blaze. Um, Glenn Maxwell uses the Blaze. I don't know whether he'll ever get a chance to use it in a test match again. Although, by the time you're listening to this, he might be in the test squad. He might. also might fly to the moon. Well, see, this is the interesting thing. Uh, so we were going to talk a bit about Australia today, but we're running out of time. So we're, we're going to talk <laughs> Great about... Great segue. We're going to talk about the what is going on with Australian cricket. The uh, is, you know Is it a crisis? Do we write the Australian cricket in crisis headline again? Was it just being beaten by a better team? The State of the Nation address, as it were. Yes. Uh, and we're going to do that not today but at the live show on the 17th That's in right. Melbourne. So uh, let's re-loop on that. Let's tell people how they can access live show tickets. Well, of course, if you're not in Melbourne, you'll be able to listen to the podcast yes, because we will course. release it, um, and so that discussion will be available to you. But if you want to come down, be in the audience, grab a drink, um, hang out, have a chat, do all those sort of things. Um, and we're also going to make it a bit of a book launch for, for my book, Steve Smith's Men, which is out now in all good bookshops and I think will be available at the uh, at, at the show as well. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so, as long as I get a delivery If you don't time. get the books down in time, you don't deserve to sell any. That's true. Commercial Club Hotel, it's on Nicholson Street in Fitzroy. It's very easy to get to and it's best that you pre-book a seat because it's a fairly small venue and will fill up and you can do that at thefinalword.bigcartel.com or if that's too hard to remember, just go on to one of our Twitter feeds, just search our names in Twitter, we'll come up and you should be able to find a tweet with the link. So the selectors will meet before Wednesday. They'll pick their squad for Sri Lanka. Um, and on Thursday, we will do a show where we will be able to discuss it in detail. And we will. so much is riding on this, Adam. Yeah, I agree. But judging by Tim Payne's comments this evening, uh, I think it's going to be much the same. The way he spoke about Travis Head, I mean, if I had my way, and I really like Travis Head, I really, really like him. If I had my way, I'd confiscate his passport for the next 12 months. <laughs> Not because I don't rate him, but uh, or I don't want to see him succeed. I truly do, but I feel as though he's the classic sort of character when, when Warner and Smith are back, that he should be sent away to play as much first-class cricket as possible and then prove himself. But I get the impression that Tim Payne likes him a little bit more than that, and he might be, the, he might be you know, very, very much part of their thinking. Well, what was interesting was you know, Payne pointing out a fact that was true. He was the top run scorer for the series. That doesn't... I don't think he was, actually. I think it was Harris. I think he might have made a blue. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, but still, your point, yeah. Nonetheless, even if he was, yep. it, it was still a series in which everybody was balls, basically. Nobody <laughs> batted well. Um, there, were, there, were, there were no hundreds. You know, Marcus Harris with a couple of 70s was the best there. It, it, it's not an advertisement to say that I made the most runs out of this very badly underperforming batch of batsmen because yeah. because what what Travis Head did was get out at least four times playing absolutely stupid shots. Especially throwing the trot in Melbourne and Sydney when the pressure was on and they needed him to step up when yep. the series was on the line. He played three horrendous cricket shots. Really, that, that's the stuff that stands out. Just in a really loose way. You know, anyone can get out and, sure. and be criticised, but, but playing very loose shots when it wasn't necessary and it, it seemed like a concentration failure. It wasn't a technical thing. He can 
smash the ball, but he was just over smashing the ball. And, and our old mate Bryden Coverdale, who is a cricket writer still, but I say former cricket writer because he's a TV star these days. He's mm. uh, on the Chase or whatever it's called that show on Channel Seven. Um, the Shark. The Shark. He, he, uh, he's, you know, these days he's one of the guests they roll out on the Melbourne Cup coverage. Channel Seven roll Bryden out as like one of their celebrities in the in the in the birdcage. We 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 cut to the shark and so forth. Do you he's think a, Bryden will end up like the other shark, as in uh, getting Norman, getting his rig out <laughs> on a boat? Be sure. <laughs> He's doing weights, <laughs> doing deadlifts on a boat while eating a cheese sandwich and drinking Bollinger or something, oh, whatever that whatever Greg Norman gets up to oh, these God, days. That, that's for my private collection, that one. <laughs> Outstanding. Bryden did find that, though, that Australians in the last 12 months since this corresponding test match last year averaged 32, sorry, rather, the highest scoring Australian. Kawaja. Kawaja averages 32. No one averages better than that. There's been one century uh, since last year here in the last 12 mm. months, and that was at Dubai when it was Kawaja again. So, you know, stats don't tell you everything, but sometimes they're glaring, and, and that was certainly that. Yeah, that tells you enough. Um, I, I think Tim Payne had to back in his players in the press conference. He specifically backed in Sean Marsh and Travis Head because they were mentioned in questions, and so he had to say, oh, no, they're, True. You know, they're working their backsides off, and I'm sure a big score's just around the corner, and they haven't made as many runs as they would have liked. But what else can he say? He can't say, well, yeah, they're... They're, they're garbage, and we're going to drop them. Did, did you like my little specky question to him towards the end there I, about it, whether he wanted to be a selector? I thought, yeah. you know, given he, he's being asked all his questions about selection, um, it's not uncommon for an Australian captain to be on the selection panel. I think he it was clearly fair. clearly does not want to be a selector. It was though. fair that he said no, <laughs> no, never until I've retired. Then I'll be a selector yeah. and put the ticket. But no, not now. But um, I have enough to do. Got Thanks. enough to worry about, and that's fair enough. So he's he's um, he's he's, uh, he's um, been given the, the all time greatest hospital hand pass in the last nine months and doing a fine job but, to the extent but, of he can. But, but so still. much so much rides on on this squad. I think because there there is mutiny brewing. You know, people the people are angry. I've noticed. Just the way people are responding online. I know online can be a cesspit, but I've never known the, the general public who interact with me to be so fed up with the way that selections are done and, and the closed doorway in which it's done and in which decisions are not justified and random decisions are made and there's no coherent basis for those and, and people are just about ready to storm the Bastille. Yeah, I agree. And that conversation you and I had at, at lunch today, I think it was, Jeff, about... Um, Glenn Maxwell. So the 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 degree to which people can speak authoritatively on the Maxwell story, that is um, not being able to play county cricket last year, told not to, I should say, um, not taken on the Australia Rates who are, they're not taken to the UAE. That, that progression of times being done over in quick succession, uh, everybody knows that. People get it. I, I heard some talkback calls on, uh, on the SEN coverage when they were doing some rain delay filler today, and there was a couple of calls that made that exact point. It's not niche anymore. People get um, how people ha- have been mistreated and I think that 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 feeds into your point they're paying close attention and they're not happy so uh, it'll be fascinating to see how how this plays out in the next couple of days because I think as as likely as it is that it'll be a relatively close to an unchanged squad um, there'll be so much public pressure if there is not at least something to look at uh, as something new or alternatively if they don't find a way to probably pension offshore marsh I think that's the one way they could be seen to be doing something for the future in, in one selection although I I strongly doubt it'll happen for all the usual reasons that we talk about with with Sean. Uh, um, he seems to um, have the confidence of of, uh, of people for a lot longer than other batsmen tend to for reasons that have never been entirely clear. Well, you don't want to lose uh, the experience of someone who's averaged 19 in the past 12 months. You know, that's very valuable experience in making no runs. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get stuck into him though. It's a bit, no. it's a bit harsh after. I know, you know, it is. I've just done it too much. We've done I know, it, we've I know, done it enough. I know. I, you know, as, as we always say, we, we, we wish, we, we want him to be 
success. But the numbers, the numbers are there, and, and the opportunity was there. There was a year yes, to step up, and this was it, and it hasn't happened. Well, he's averaged so. eighteen since this time last year, which yep. which kind of says it all. Probably a, a relatively gl- you know, glum note to, to end it on, Jeff. But it is. But we're going to have a live show. We are. It's going to be can fun. Come down, and we'd like you to come down because we'd like to meet you and hang out and see who's yeah. listening to the podcast and have a drink with you and do all of those things. So we'd love your company. Um, wander on down for a look and a listen and say hello and uh, jump on thefinalword.bigcartel.com, grab a ticket. Yeah, and please do that straight away. I don't want to like overdo this point, but I think they're going to sell out pretty quickly. So the sooner you jump on and deal with it, the, the, you know, I don't want to have people say to us they listen to every episode and can't get along. That would be very disappointing. Uh, we want to make sure the people who have been with us for the last five years do get a chance to come along, and if it's successful, we'll, we'll do another one. But so we'll end it now, and you can go straight to, into your web browser and <laughs> punch in the details there. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. This has been The Final Word with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon brought to you by Cooker Cricket. If it ain't Cooker, it ain't Cricket. Can't wait for the live show. We'll talk to you next week. I had to go about it, write it out.